Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week we have two very special guests, our husbands, my husband Keith and Katie's husband Peter. They were excited to come on the show and talk about becoming a first-time dad, their roles, how they bonded, and sharing stories from when our babies were little. We find that so much prenatal information is tailored towards the mom, but the dads have such an important part to play in all of this too. Not only are they the other parent of the baby, but they're the main support of the mother. The mom and the dad are a team, and when they work together as a team and take care of each other and love each other, then the entire family will be stronger and doing really well. We definitely recommend both the mom and the dad listening to this episode because I think they give some great tips and information from the father's perspective. We really hope you enjoy this episode. So gentlemen, the feelings you had going into the birth, let's talk a little bit about that. How did you feel? What were some of the things going through your head? This is before the babies were actually born. Or leading up to having the babies. How were you feeling? Who wants to start? Yeah, I'll start. Um... Yeah, I think my major concern was just for Amanda. I was trying to keep her comfortable. I mean, with twins, she was the size of a house. Um, so, <laughs> so it was, uh, you could just tell she was uncomfortable. She was ready to go. Um, she was ready to have them. And for us, it was a C-section, so it was planned. We knew the date. Um, we knew sort of what was coming. We, you know, there was always the risk of something happening earlier, but I was fairly confident that if we kept her calm, kept her off her feet as much as possible, that, you know, everything would go according to our plan as smooth as those things could be. But, uh, yeah, it was just me trying to do my best to, to entertain her, keep her relaxed and, uh, have some fun before everything changed. <laughs> but were, were you nervous? No, I don't think I was really nervous. I think I was about what fatherhood meant and, but I knew right out of the gate, I, there was no really opportunity for me to drop the ball or basically if I just took care of you, I knew I'd be doing, you know, everything I could to keep mommy and therefore babies happy. So Keith, how did it, like Peter and I have often talked about this before, but like when somebody's having a baby or like they hit their due date, you knew that you were, ha- you guys had your C-section mm. date planned. Like, what was that feeling like of 
oh my goodness, you know, in two days, we're going to have a baby. In one day, we're going to have a baby. We're going to have a baby today in like three hours. What was... Yeah. Um, well, for, for me, it was different. I, I travel for work. And that's always been something that a man has just been super supportive of. And I was actually managing a project out in New Brunswick right before this was all happening. Um, I'd come home, you know, I'd be on the road for two or three weeks and then come home for a week. And I actually got a call from her when I was out there saying, you know, I'm really nervous. We're getting close to the, the deadline. Um, I'd like you to come home. And I did. I dropped, I didn't just drop everything, but I sort of, I knew it was coming, but I sort of brought up that exit date and uh, got everything ready on site and got home as fast as I could. Um, and I, all I can remember at the airport was just being excited. It wasn't, it wasn't nervous. It was just, you know, let me get home and not have, not, don't let me miss this. Cause that was always a, a fear in the back of my head was missing it. So I'm really happy she did that. I'm, ha I'm happy I was home. I think I'm more happy that I was, I had a little bit more time at home to, as I said, just put her at ease. And that was probably the biggest thing. And I knew why I had to get home was to put her at ease. Um, and, make her relax that I'm home. We've got this under control. We know our date and let's just hang out for a little bit longer before, before this all happens. So, um, no, I wasn't, I wasn't nervous. I was more, yeah, just kind of excited and sort of wrapped up in all the things that happened with being prepared. I sort of knew what I had to do and just sort of did that, I guess. Well, and you ended up coming home half a week earlier. And that was because my aunt kept calling my mom saying, does she feel different? Does she feel different? Cause that's when it's going to happen. And that day I felt different. Um, there's a lot of activity in my, my yeah. stomach. And so that's why I was like, um, I think you should come home. And then I think what was happening was at one point baby a actually got in place. So we could have tried vaginally and then uh, baby A turned and I think that's when they were they were turning in my stomach again because there was a lot of activity and it would have been really tight quarters too right but then when I went and saw our OB he said that he had moved so I'm pretty sure that's what that was but it was nice to hang out and have that week and a half before they arrived right? yeah it was I mean we we even went out for dinner uh, the night before and we always joke we were supposed we went out for dinner and we were supposed to go to a movie and it was it was drizzling slightly and you know we we're walking back to the car and i offered to go get the car and come pick her up she said no i'll walk and i you know i, I i'm not walking fast i'm walking the same speed i normally walked with my pregnant wife beside me which is a little bit slower and i turn around and she's like <laughs> she's like 50 feet behind me and waddling and I said to her is that as fast as you could walk she said yes um and I knew she wasn't going to make it through the movie so we just went home and you know just relaxed so was that the dinner that Amanda cried at <laughs> no. yeah <laughs> yeah well that was that was one of them we went to a few <laughs> oh yeah that's true yeah no there's 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 a few the the gender reveal and a couple others um but that's but I, that's that's all hormones and you know part of the experience of um 
I guess just just having that happen and being nervous and going through the uh, the pregnancy. Oh, the gender you... reveal. <laughs> or, the gender, yeah. or the gender reveal. Yeah. <laughs> having, well, it... having one thing in your mind and and getting getting different news. Yeah. Well, for whoever's listening, if you have gender disappointment, you can listen to our gender disappointment um, episode where we talk all about me crying at the restaurant. Also, also know that that is our very first ever podcast episode. So we've grown greatly from then that recording. So yeah, it was a little rough. It was rough, but it is still a really valuable topic to talk to listen to. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. And so you guys had a completely different experience because ours was a planned C-section, but yours was a preemie birth. So you ended up going early. Yeah. Surprise. How did you feel about the end of the pregnancy and leading into birth? How were you feeling? I was nervous and excited. I was nervous about the delivery and not knowing all the stuff that could happen in it, but I was ex- excited about being a dad, right? That's what I really wanted. Um, I was confident because we had done the prenatal class one week beforehand. <laughs> when you met me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, so, so we had all those techniques and stuff that we learned. And then because we went in early, all that went out the window when we actually went into the hospital. How were you feeling going into the hospital? I remember like freaking out in my head, but staying calm for you. Like, okay, let's go in the hospital. Let's see what they say. There's no guarantee we're having a baby, but I mean, your water had broke. We both know that we were leaving there with a baby and yeah, just trying to stay calm for you. But deep down going, I don't know what's going to happen here. Then when Freya was a preemie and she was born and everything went okay then what were you thinking because you actually went with Freya Katie was left in labor and delivery and you obviously had to go with the baby it it was not bad because I got to we knew that everything was kind of level there was no there's no huge red flags with her once she came out so it was just kind of go there and be with her I still like being in the nursery standing back and just kind of being there as her dad but let everybody in there do their own thing right yeah so that wasn't too bad then but were you like ner- like worried about katie being left on her own or because her mom was there yeah her mom was there and then as soon as that all got tidied up like it, it wasn't long after that her brother and and his his wife and her dad was everybody was there right like it, it wasn't long after when she was allowed to have visitors in there. At least that's the way I remember it. Definitely with Finn though, I was more confident because we knew Freya went so early and everything was fine. So I, I was definitely more comfortable when we went in there because he had already made it past Freya's mark. And we, yeah, we know how that story went. And then for, for M3 coming up now, I'm definitely a bit nervous again because of, Finn's issues that he had yeah well and that's understandable but hopefully there's no issues and m3 everything goes perfectly with that and m3 stays put till 40 weeks i told katie she's going overdue this time 
<laughs> that'd be that'd be a nice change. <laughs> we'll see, but that's what we're going for. So, next question: What did you feel your role was the first few weeks when the babies, baby or babies, came home? So the first week after, with Freya being in the hospital still, I actually because we were kind of saving my week off for when we actually came home. So that first week I went back to work and just as soon as I could get to the hospital, I, I went and some talking with Katie over the day, sometimes I'd bring food. Sometimes I wouldn't because she would actually go out and run errands for an hour or two and bring dinner back. And then for the first week at home where I actually was there with her, just trying to split up the, the night feedings because we were doing the whole bottle fed. We, we quickly learned that I was no good at the midnight feeding and would sleep right through it. But uh, the, the three o'clock in the morning one, I, I could actually get up for if I had enough sleep behind me. And then just learning about everything about being a dad, right? Um, learning about the change in diapers, even just the simple stuff that you've never really done before. I don't think I, Katie would know better about when the purple cries started with, with Freya, but just taking her out with that, with the carrier and just going for long walks to get her out of the house. And the, the bad crying never really bothered me, I think, because Katie got upset with it with the hormones and stuff like that. But I was pretty good at the knowing that the, there was nothing you could do about purple crying and just letting it happen. And, taking my turn with it yeah that's that's right like you like with the sleeping through the 12 o'clock feeding not normally is such a big deal but for Freya it was a big deal because she was struggling gaining weight and being a preemie so we were on that strict three-hour feeding schedule so uh him sleeping through it was not great <laughs> but uh we learned that and modified that help a little bit but yeah there was a big part of it of Peter would just kind of be like, just give her to me, especially the purple crying, which didn't start for initially. It was a little bit later, but just I'll take her and give me a break because like Peter said, I definitely struggled with not being able to solve that, that and give, you know, calm her down because at purple crying, there's nothing that nothing to do except just wait it out. So that was really hard. I think too for Peter, a lot of it was, you know, um, keeping us on schedule. Peter would record like he had a book that came home from the hospital and he would record like when she had a diaper change, what the diaper was. Was it wet? Was it poop? Like, was it a pee? Was it a poop? He was recording uh, what you know, how much she was drinking, like how much we were attempting to feed her because we were doing the triple feed. Um, so how much, how long did we nurse, did I attempt to nurse? How much was in the bottle? How much did she actually drink? How long it took? And so he had these, all these big elaborate notes that he was recording. So that was really helpful for when we would go in for our check-ins because she was struggling. But yeah. Well, and as a preemie, you have to go for more doctor visits, like with your pediatrician. Yeah. Well, we were because she was struggling 
gaining her weight. Um, so we were going every couple of days, which was fine. Like it was that reassurance for me. Um, Peter came to the first one, but after that, I think, I don't think he came to the other ones. Cause then he was after that week, he was, he was back at work. Walking in the door was really great too. Like he would come home from work and it'd be like, okay, hold the baby. (laughs) (laughs) So that was, that was a nice little respite too. So Keith, you want to talk a bit about how you felt the first few weeks bringing the twins home? Because you had not just one baby, you had two babies. Yeah. And uh, I mean, my, my mission was kind of made evident in the hospital when our doctor, you got out of the C-section and they basically said to me, you can't lift anything for, what was it, two weeks or a month? I think it was those first it was the month, but I think the first two weeks where you were most sensitive, especially to opening the incisions. Um, and really you couldn't, you, you could barely bend over. I mean, I helped you shower in the hospital. Um, so it became quite evident to me that I needed to really do the heavy lifting, um, you know, pun intended, I guess, but, um, and, and they weren't really heavy at that point, you know, they're only six pounds. So it was, we couldn't break up the feedings. We couldn't, you know, with the twins, we couldn't just say, you get up for this one, you get up for this one, even though we were both off work. Like I specifically took this time off uh, to make sure I was at home because uh, I knew you would need help. We, we realized that the time to feed to as well, not just the fact that I needed to um, help her pick the babies up and get positioned, so she's comfortable and didn't didn't tear, um, but also the the time it took to get the balls ready, um, get the babies up, um, get them fed, and Porter was quite particular with how he wanted to be fed. Um, he was actually quite finicky, and a lot of the times I'd actually end up walk. I had to move with him uh, in order um, for him to take the bottle. And we realized that if we, if we did it at the same time, we'd get more sleep, <laughs> which is key. And um, Well, that so was a tip from the nurse at the hospital who had twins, right? She, yep. put, she helped put us on a schedule and she helped us, feed, you know, said, this is how you need to feed them. And she took a step-by-step through how to feed them. You were doing a lot of stuff to help me like you you didn't let me change a diaper for the first six weeks because you didn't want me bending yep. right until I could go see our OB again and then because I, I think I wasn't even allowed to lift them for six weeks until I actually saw him to make sure the incision was healing okay um what else were you doing oh yeah. um we would take turns we had baby boxes so you and i would sleep in separate rooms and then we would switch who had the baby boxes because when you're listening to your baby making noises and stuff and uh you don't sleep as soundly so we knew that if we switched them back and forth we would both get a decent amount of good sleep instead of one of us listening to the babies all night so that was yeah. definitely a huge help And I remember the first little bit coming home, you like to go to bed a little bit later and watch TV. So you would keep the boys downstairs and turn off all the lights. (laughs) And I would go upstairs and I would get 
a little bit of sleep. I would sleep from like eight o'clock till 10 o'clock. I would get like two good hours, um, which was super early for me, but I was just so exhausted. And then I would wake up and feed them with you. And then we'd go to bed and, and switch back and forth. So yeah, that, I think that was a big help. My mindset of taking care of you sort of extended to sort of pushing for a family member calendar, basically having you have somebody um, most days or help around the clock when I did eventually go back to work. So it was just ensuring that you had help. Uh, well, that, right. that was in one of the books that we read about having twins yeah. Yeah, had exactly. suggested that. So that's what we did. Our yeah. parents are uh, like both sets of parents, yeah. some friends of the family. Yeah, we had a around the clock help for the first three months. You were home for two weeks, solid. And then my mom took two weeks off and then we the calendar came into effect. Well, I was home for almost a month, but because I came home early and was there for about a week and a half before and then like mm -hmm. two and a bit weeks afterwards. Um, but that was always the plan was to take a month off. Um, but yeah, it was just, uh, and I did everything from perfecting swaddles to doing diapers. I mean, you just, you learn it. And I think the biggest thing is pay attention and ask questions in the hospital. You've got experts there that do it, you know, literally a hundred times a day. Um, and those nurses there were just exceptional. You know, by the time I left there, I felt like I actually could do this. <laughs> so. You're totally right, Keith, because like the swaddling, Peter is a master swaddler. Like we have a lot of, we have the sleeping ones, we have the Velcro ones, but like for daytime, he is a master swaddler. He can get like a baby in a tight, tight swaddle. And, and so he mastered that. And he was pretty confident about it. I will say a bit. I don't know if you remember in the birthing class, how confident he was with the swaddle in the birthing class, but he has really perfected it. And, and the breastfeeding. He was very confident with the breastfeeding. Because <laughs> <laughs> my mom made a comment. Yeah. Do you yeah, remember yeah. that? Mom made a comment about Peter because Peter was had the baby up and mom was like, you're doing a good job, but I think that's more your wife's, uh, more something for your wife or something along those lines. Do you remember that, Peter? Because I, I don't I, remember that. I remember that because you were practicing the football holds, you were doing the cross like positions, and, and Sherry was like, Yeah, maybe you should just let your wife do it because she's going to be the one with the breasts. <laughs> but yeah, and like the diapers, that was a really good point. Peter always changes the diapers too. Like when he's home, once he goes back to work, obviously during the day, I'm changing the diapers. But when he's home, it's just like, here, take the, take the diapers and then hand it Well, back. I think for recovery, and I know having a vaginal delivery versus C-section recovery is different, but like you need to give yourself a break. Like the mom needs to heal. And that was always a priority for Keith. And I think Peter, based on our discussions, that we heal right? Because if we're not healing properly, then that affects our health, which affects the entire family, right? So that was definitely a, a priority, at least for us. And Keith, you brought up too about how you helped Amanda shower after the twins as well. Peter did that with Finn for me as well, because my epidural wasn't out completely, like I was still frozen. And so they were like, 
you can have a shower, but like, you can't be by yourself. And I remember, do you remember me saying this to you, Peter, saying like, you're going to go to work tomorrow because it was a Sunday. And I, and I said, you're going to go to work tomorrow. And people are going to be like, what'd you do on the weekend? And you're like, oh, my wife had a baby and I wiped blood off her leg because <laughs> like, I couldn't bend over to wash my legs. Do you remember that, Peter? I don't remember the blood. I, I definitely remember about going into work. I remember having the bracelet still on and just being like guys asking, hey, what would you do this week? And raise my hand with the bracelet on it and then get into the whole story. Yeah, because we had a lot. Like that was with Finn. So we had a bunch of bracelets because at that point he was at a different hospital. But yeah, you, I remember distinctly turning to you in the shower and being like, there is not like there is no shame granted it was our second child and obviously there is no shame in childbirth but it's like jokingly saying like you're gonna be like you know i just toweled off my my wife who just delivered another baby like and and wiped off all her all of the blood off her legs like because she couldn't do it but Thing, things you never think are going to happen. Like if you told me like 10 years ago that Keith would be showering me because I had a baby and there's like blood everywhere, I'd be like, oh no. But, you know, they don't really think anything of it. Or, you know, when uh, you're pushing and Peter leads over and says, you're like Jack's or cat <laughs> when he told me that I had pooped. <laughs> <He's> pushing. <laughs> Uh, too much information for Keith. Yeah, sorry, Keith. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Where we always talk about poop. Do you remember saying that to me, Peter? You've got to pay more attention to our later. I, I don't remember that. No. Yeah, I just one of my other one of my other roles I I remembered was uh was burping. Right? Walking around the living room just working on burps when they're crying. In doing all of those different even with the breastfeeding from the prenatal class, doing all of the um, different holds and stuff and being able to suggest them to you when we got back. Yeah, you are a good burper, making the babies burp. So on to question number three, what were some of the ways that you guys felt you bonded with your babies? I think right from the, right from the hospital, um, one of the things that happened with our boys is when Cooper was delivered, Porter was sort of in there and he, 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 he naturally sort of breathed in um, some fluid. And what they had to do is drain that. So we had, you know, right from the get-go, they were sort of separated and Porter was in the nursery with tube in his mouth and stuff. And uh, I just remember going in and continuously checking on him and running back and forth between the two. Um, and then I still have a video of him when he actually sort of rolled over and smiled and I could still, I still remember that. He just looked so happy. I don't know what he was dreaming about, but, um, you know, I just knew that he was going to be all right. And, um, I, you know, when he, when he was finally okay, um, the skin, skin to skin was something that they'd always suggested, but I think I probably got as much out of it as they did. Um, that first few minutes sort of you know, you know, feeling my sons on my chest. Um, it was, it was something that was quite nice. I didn't really want it to end. Um, and yeah, once we got them home, it was, again, it was me taking care of Amanda and making sure that she was okay. Wasn't bending over. So I was 
doing, I felt like I was doing everything, which I was. Uh, and I think that was the best thing I could have done. Um, cause I felt like I was really a part of it. Uh, if that makes any sense, you know, I was, I was really the one taking care of not just my wife, but, but my two new boys. And, uh, I think it sort of pushed the whole, uh, experience and connection I had with them because I was the one, you know, cleaning them, burping them, feeding them, um, not being scared of any of that because I didn't have a choice. It was just jumping feet first in and, uh, you know, getting my hands dirty. Um, and it, 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 it grew fast from there. Like, you know, you, once you started seeing their facial expressions and reactions to you and little smiles when they saw you, it just, it, it just snowballed, you know, you just, you just got closer and closer. Well, and the kind of neat thing about having twins is both of us had a baby we could do skin to skin with <laughs> uh, yeah. versus like when we had Caroline, we had to like take turns go passing her back and forth when we were in the hospital. But one of the things that we did both times was you either had a button down shirt or you had uh, like a kind of a zip sweater that you uh, were wearing at the hospital. So you could easily do skin to skin without being completely shirtless. Although you might've been shirtless a couple of times too, but just because when we had the kids, it was always, like the fall so it was a little bit colder where we live so then you still had something on but you could easily do skin to skin the skin to skin was so important i mean they mentioned that in the hospital and uh getting that time with the baby but it's 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 something that having that sort of quiet time with them on your chest um sort of listening to them breathing them listening to you um, it's a great way to, to connect. And, um, you know, especially after, you know, you, you realize that when you get home, it's nice to have them quiet and resting when you're trying to recuperate from all the feedings and everything. But one of the nice ways to do that is just to simply put them on your chest. And it, it's actually a very fast way of, of calming them down. Um, cause they feel that warmth. They feel that they can sense your heartbeat. I mean, that's what they were used to hearing inside mummy for nine months. And it's, it sort of helps continue that uh, connection. So Peter, did you like doing skin to skin as much as Keith? Um, I found it awkward in the hospital just because I felt like it should be the mum doing it and stuff like I, I definitely did it. And, and I remember doing it and, and I'm glad I did it. I did it with both of them, but um, yeah, no, it was, it was definitely nice to do it, but I, I definitely felt awkward just taking my shirt off to do this in the hospital and okay, I'm, I'm the dad, I'm not the mom. It's more important for the mom. And I, I definitely realize now that it's, I think with, with Finn especially, yeah, there's no hesitation to do it. But because of, because of the situation with both of them being preemies and, and not being able to do it right away too, right? Trying to, because Katie didn't have that right off the bat, letting her do it especially. And then what were some of the other ways that you ended up bonding with the baby? Um, similar to what Keith said about just jumping right in. 
in just doing it all, doing the feedings, doing the diaper changes and everything is just, that's kind of your new role. Um, I remember both sets of parents, especially Katie's dad saying how proud he was of both Katie and I, because we were, we were doing so well and everything. And I was just like, well, we don't really have a choice. Like <laughs> we just have to do it. Um, some of the other things was the, uh, was the bottle feeding just sitting on the couch, looking into the little one's eyes while you, while you feed them this bottle. Is. And that, that is the nice thing about bottle feeding, like whether it's formula or uh, pumped milk, is that the dad can do it. And it, it is so intimate when you're feeding a baby. Yeah. You're right. Actually, you're looking at their face and their eyes and yeah. Yeah. With, with Finn, he, he started feeding off the breast much earlier and I actually kind of miss that a bit because Freya, she went so, so long on the bottle that, uh, that, that was definitely nice. And then um, just those I mentioned in the last topic was the, the long walks just to get out, strap them to your chest and, and go out for, there was nothing for me to go out for an hour or hour and a half walk in the evenings. Mind you, we've had summer babies and now I'm hoping I can do that with M3, but it'll be the middle of the winter. So we'll have to see how that works. And then, yeah, once you, uh, when you stop a spray of poo with your bare hand, there's there's no going back from that. <laughs> was, okay, what's the story about behind that? That was Freya. That was Katie would know the day that it happened, but it was we were we were getting ready to go for our first checkup at the at the pediatricians, and I I was changing Freya, and I don't know what it was, but there was a rumble or something like that. And I literally like, like a trap door put my hand at the end of her bum and just sprayed it. And I remember my, my mom was actually staying with us for a few days and just calling like, uh, can you get me, can you give me a hand here? <laughs> because yeah, it was, that one would have, it would have sprayed the wall for sure. Oh, that's <laughs> gross. Uh, here, I don't know. Like, did you mention too about um, feeding Freya with the eyedropper? No. Because, so you were the first one to actually get to hold and feed Freya. So, oh, really? Yeah. Don't you remember that? Oh, my goodness. We should have talked about, like, <laughs> refreshing your memories. But, yeah, you were the first one because she had been taken away and you, were, you went with her. And her blood sugar was so low yes. that you had to feed her. So what our labor and delivery nurse came in and she milked me into a little cup. And then she took that cup and you also, so she, you, I dropped Freya that colostrum and you also had to give her, I think sugar water as well, because her sugars mm -hmm. were so low and she wasn't recovering. But, so you were the first one to hold her, to feed her, and to do skin-to-skin -skin because she was in the nursery. You were doing skin-to-skin -skin even before I had even seen her. I didn't think that was the case. I didn't think it was skin-to-skin. -skin. I definitely, now that you mentioned the feeding, I, I definitely remember that and just putting it on the tip of my finger and putting it into her mouth and rubbing the top of her mouth and having her latch onto my hand, onto my finger yeah. slightly. Yeah, and then you had to use the eyedropper after yeah. that. I do remember that now. Yeah. 
but you also, you did a lot of skin to skin as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. but we had, I had mentioned that I, I felt awkward doing it in the hospital. Not so much with Finn. With Finn, yeah, sure, I just did it. But I, I remember, like, I, I felt weird just, like, taking off my shirt and in the hospital to do this skin to skin. And because you weren't able to do it, right? Yeah. Right off the bat. Yeah. But I think it's better that someone do it than not. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I think the, the bottle feeding you bring up is a really, like, a really good bonding piece to it. But yeah, you had some special moments with Freya about, you know, being the first one to get to do, to like touch her. You got the first, you go over the first one to, to feed her. Like that was, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. You should try and remember these things. <laughs> well, now he will, cause he'll have this podcast episode to jog his memory. Yeah. With, <laughs> with Finn, we, it was a little bit different and, but, uh the the bonding was a little I think the bonding was a little bit more of a challenge with the sec like with Finn and being the second because you had the responsibility of kind of taking over Freya when when he got home. Keith, were you in charge of the boys when Caroline like when I mean when you guys got home with Caroline? Um well when Caroline was born, um the boys went to Mam and Baba's house. So Amanda's mom and dad, and they were great. They had them for a little bit just to allow us to get comfortable in the, the hospital and then bring her home. But when we came home, everybody was there. It was like a nice homecoming. Um, there was a little bit of, you know, containing the boys. And there's definitely a, a, a big difference between having, I think we kind of touched on this between having twins where, um, I got basically my own baby <laughs> and we could trade versus, you know, when, when there's one mummy kind of takes over and you kind of, um, you're kind of, I think if it was just the one, we'd be looking for things to do with twins running around. There's definitely no shortage of that. So there was always, uh, entertaining them, feeding laundry diapers. Um, cause the boys, you know, the boys were just about two years old. So, uh, there was still, Quite they a bit they just turned two. Yeah. 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 Because you actually birthed the book at the same time that I birthed Caroline. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, um, you know, thinking back on the boys being born, we always say there's like two weeks there where you just don't remember it because you're up every three hours. And um, you think the having one would be the, the, the same, but I'd written a book and was literally putting it out and trying to publicize it and everything at that time. So, um, but luckily I, I, I tried to get a lot of that done. Again, we had a C-section, so we sort of had a planned date, which was nice. You can kind of, you know, what it's worth, you could plan your life around it a little bit. Um, but then when, when baby's there, um, you know, I did the same thing the first time is sort of drop everything and, uh, do whatever I could to make sure, uh, Amanda, again, having gone through a C-section, didn't have to lift anything. Um, and we sort of, having done the process already, it was just sort of repeat. I actually found it harder, though, with having Caroline and then having the kids running around. Yeah, the, I mean, the biggest thing was the sleep schedule. Um, for us, the first time, we could, you and me could wake up together, 
and we knew that we'd feed, go back to sleep. And when, as long as the boys were quiet or one of us had them and had to deal with them, we were okay. But when one of us had to be up every three hours and the boys were on a different schedule with naps and sleeping, that was a lot more complicated. So when you're not sleeping, life gets a little you know, chaotic. Uh, you're a little bit more fragile. You're a little bit more on edge. And it's tougher to sort of be as emotionally connected to what you're doing because your mind's just uh, more focused on you need to sleep. But luckily, there's there's all that those other emotions that come with being a parent. I never thought I could go on that little sleep. I never thought I could. I think I never thought I could love something so much as our children. I think that's the biggest thing. It just it gets you up. There's something about getting up for work and anything else in life. But if your kid's crying and you realize there's nothing, there's nobody else that's going to do that job for you. You're going to get up. You're going to go in and do do what you got to do. That kind of segues us into our last question. What surprised you most about becoming a dad? Because you, you said that it surprised you how much you love them. So were there other surprises? Maybe Peter wants to go first this time. Yeah, it's like I, I, rem- I vividly remember with Freya, like the joy, the nervousness, and the responsibility you feel when you first get them home. The joy, the excitement of being the dad and, and all the good times that you're going to have, like, I just start to think of all that stuff. Um, and then the nervousness, the nervousness to make sure that you're doing everything right, that you're not, that you're, um, you're not missing anything and that you're making the right decisions for that first time. Like even how warm does the bath need to be? Right. And, and I remember lots of conversations with, Katie about that right make sure that we would we would chat all the time about what we planned on doing um and then the responsibility that this little baby is going to be your responsibility for the next 18 years right um and just the the good times that you're that you're gonna have right you like Keith just mentioned about the love that you have for them is as soon as you have them and you're there's in your arms, right? Just looking back at you. And then on a lighter note, definitely the mood swings who were, were a big surprise for me in those first couple of weeks. There's, there's, there's nothing quite like that. You just gotta, you gotta hang on and, and just ride it out. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> The crazy no. crying. I don't that was remember, me anyways. I don't remember any crazy crying. I remember being <laughs> extremely level-headed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember them word for word what they were, but I just, I remember that there was some, some of them and I just like, just laughed. <laughs> like there is, I, I couldn't believe that you were upset about what you're upset about. And then, and then you realize that it's the mood swings and that's what it is. And you, you move on, right? Hormones are very powerful things. Remember that they're going to happen. And like, I I remember just like kind of being a, what? You're crying over that? And then you remember that, okay, mood swings, first couple weeks, everything's out of whack. Everything will be okay. What about you, Keith? What, what surprised you most about becoming a dad? I, I think just the, like I said, the how much I could actually love something 
I was sort of ready for everything else. Like, um, you having surgery and what I needed to do for you. I mean, um, I was a lifeguard growing up and taught first aid and you know, that, that stuff didn't really bother me. I ran sports camps growing up. So the idea of having kids and crying and, you know, not that quite that young, but that never really uh, scared me, the idea of it. Um, but having something so small and defenseless and making sure you didn't mess something up and just, you know, just being ultra prepared, I think sort of got us through anything that was um, sort of complicated when you're, when you're lacking sleep. But I think that the really thing that stood out was just the, I never got, if, 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 if the, you know, if the dog woke me up in the middle of the night, you'd be angry. There was never, there was never any sense that um, I didn't want to get up and do something for, for the baby. There was just so much innate love there from day one. It, it, it's just spectacular how that just empowered you to be a better dad. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't know if that's the same for everybody, but it was just something that um, it wanted, it wanted me to do. It, it allowed me to do more. I thought that I was, I maybe thought I was capable of beforehand. Um, and I mean, it's something where you look at a newborn, it's not like, you know, as Peter mentioned, like I still have these fantasies of going playing golf with my, with my, with my kids, Caroline too, not just the boys and you know, all the sports and everything like that's just, you know, it makes you almost tear up thinking about the great times you're going to have with your kids. Um, but that's, that's not realistic when you first come home from the hospital, they're, you know, they're, there's something that they're still trying to grow. There's these, there are these little things that really just need sleep and food. And if they're crying, it's probably one of those two or they need to be changed or it's gas. You know, there's, there's only, there's only so many things on that list and you sort of go through and check the boxes. And if you haven't done everything that maybe they just need to cry. Um, but the ability for you to sort of get through all of that and find answers to problems uh, when you're sleep deprived, I mean, it's just that love that fuels you. So I think that was the biggest thing I thought I loved, you know, and I do love my wife. I do love my family. Um, but it's just, it's a different love. It's a, uh, it's, it's a kind of love that, um, you know, they're fully, they're, they're miniature used. They're fully dependent on you. So it's, um, you know, that it, it it's probably a more not burning, burdening love, but it's something that, you know, it's the most responsible love that's, uh, sort of all-encompassing. So with that, put you guys on the spot a little bit. Is there any, like, any tips that you have? Like, is it, what's, like, one tip that you would give soon-to-be dad? Maybe, maybe just be prepared. Um, you know, you can read all the books and everything, uh, and I think you should, um, especially do it with your partner. Sort of talk through these different situations listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> join the mommy mentorship program. Join the mommy mentorship program. Um, but just take it, take it slow. Um, know that even if you, you know, mess something up, if baby cries and you can't figure out a solution, it's not the end of the world. Um, eventually they're going to stop crying. Eventually you're going to figure it out. Um, and just, stay united as a couple and keep talking. And that's something Amanda and I have always 
I think since early in our relationship, um, when we've had other obstacles because of my, namely my job and travel, um, we've always stressed that is, is talking. And that's something when you're tired and you just want to go to sleep, maybe that's, that's a tough thing to do. But um, I think communication between your team is, uh, is really going to make life easier when it comes to bringing somebody new into, into it. Peter, do you have a tip? I would just say go 100% all in, right? I mean, it, don't, don't leave it on, oh, that's a mummy's job, right? It's just as much a dad's job. Um, I read all the books. I, I signed us up for the prenatal class, right? You just, she just always commit. gives you credit. She gives you credit <laughs> for that all the time. Yeah. For reading, because I did not read any books. I give you credit for reading the books and for signing us up for that prenatal class. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just commit, right? It's, it's just as much your job. You're just as important in it as the mom is. hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. Yep. Like it, it definitely, parenting definitely is a team sport. Like it, it takes two people to have a baby. It really does take two people to parent a baby if there are two active people in if, the relationship, right? And if not, if you're doing it solo, then that's when you, you lean on your, your tribe, right? That's when you lean yeah. on your supports, because it really does, whether or not you are fortunate enough to be in a relationship, like a, a, a strong relationship, or if you were doing it alone, you, need, you can't do it alone. You need someone to help you along the way. So whether it's the dad, parents, it's girlfriend, like family, friends, whatever it is, it's a support group, use that support because you do need that support 100%. You're right. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.